Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Birth of the Wiccan Written by Daniel Wilcox Narrated by Alexandra Elroy Every bone clicked in the old woman's body as she rose from her armchair to answer the door. Ignis, a small leopard gecko, scuttled across her shoulder and disappeared into her top pocket. Good evening, Magdala. Crone Magnum? A wicked grin peeled from beneath the hook of Magdala's nose. How long has it been? Too long. Crone Magnum led Magdala inside, and the two waited in stony silence. There was little small talk to be had between witches who valued themselves above everything else. Were it not for the obligation of their anniversary, they may not ever have seen each other again. Another knock. I'll get it, Magdala said. Though by the time she stood up, Crone Magnum had disappeared in a puff of purple smoke and reappeared at the door. Crone Magnum clicked her neck and cackled. <laughs> Still got it. She opened the door to see a beautiful young woman and ushered her inside. The woman wore a deep purple shawl, with material wrapped around her head which shadowed her face. 
Dark eyes gleamed from the shadows, and in her arms she carried a small bundle that wiggled and cooed as she left the cold October air and entered the warmth of the old manor. So glad you could make it, Griselda. Is this her? She needn't have asked, really. The baby was the entire reason that the three witches of Taproot Hills were gathered together. They had agreed it the old-fashioned way. Letters, written with quill and ink. Just one of the many practices of old, for which these three refused to let go. In fact, had it not been for the red wine stains on the corner of the envelope, Magdala might have lost her invitation amongst the piles of junk mail strewn across her own floor. They navigated the wide halls of the abandoned manor. Feet like thunderclaps in the old halls lined with dusty portraits and cracked vases on pedestals. Crone Magnum led them through a small door at the back of the house and descended the concrete steps that wound down and into the basement. Ignis poked his head out of her pocket and licked the air. She had already set the cauldron to boil before the others had arrived, and already the heat was spilling into the room. A murky brown liquid, bubbling and filling the air with a thick, earthy scent. Flames licked the bottom of the pot, casting light which played with the various jars and vials on the shelves, flickering shadows which danced against the walls. Positions, please, Crone Magnum cawed. Magdala and Griselda obliged, taking their marks located in thirds around the cauldron. Crone Magnum took her place on a small step in the remaining third, and it was then that Griselda noticed the markings on the floor. Concentric circles woven with the jagged edges of stars and shapes, drawn ever so neatly in chalk. You can fix her? Griselda asked. We can try. Though you know better than any here that sometimes things don't always go to plan. But the books, the scripts, the texts... Magdala rolled her eyes. We will do all we can, Crone Magnum replied in a tone which cut all questions short. The process was a slow one, and all Griselda and Magdala could do was watch as the old crone hopped on and off the step, occasionally using her magic to disappear and reappear in different locations around the room and sometimes back upstairs, too, always returning with some new ingredient to sprinkle into the mixture. She carefully selected from the strange jars around the room, checking and double-checking with the cracked yellow pages of an ancient book. Where she had originally got the ingredients from, no mere mortal would ever have known. Jars of cats' tongues, hearts of baby calves, hoof shavings, powdered fairy wings distilled starlight, and some things for which there was simply no name, but they glowed and slimed the dusty containers on the highest shelves. The bubbling liquid sparked and changed colour with each new addition, the smells turning sweet and savoury. At one point, Crone Magnum stuck her finger deep within the pot, withdrawing it with a wince to reveal a skeletal finger from which the flesh and muscle had all but melted away. 
Whether that was a part of the process or an unfortunate accident, the other two had no idea. They were but her creations, after all. Magdala was the eldest of Crone Magnum's creations, and would one day learn the ways. Griselda, why, she still had a lot to learn about the ways of the witch. Crone Magnum stuck her finger in her mouth, and when she pulled it out, the skin had returned. That one is always a stinger. She leaned backwards and a cackle exploded from her mouth. <laughs> Somewhere outside, a trio of teenagers in Halloween costumes heard the laugh, grabbed their pushbikes and fled. Are we nearly there? Griselda asked, her impatience clear. The bundle in her arms becoming ever more fidgety. Patience, my dear, you can't rush a healing spell. Everything must be perfect for the little one to mend. It was close to an hour before Crone Magnum finally stepped down and took a deep breath, wafting the smoke towards her. Griselda was already itching to proceed. Her little hidden bundle had stopped moving some time ago, and the worry was on her face. Magdala's head was resting on her chest, her eyes closed, breathing heavily. With a final nod, Crone Magnum approached Griselda. Pass me the girl. With a gentleness only a mother could display, Griselda unwrapped the cloth to reveal a most hideous sight indeed. She was a baby girl, only a few weeks old, but she was certainly far from any normal type of baby you would expect to be birthed into the world. Her head was large compared to her body. The front of her skull caved inwards into a fleshy ball just above her eyes. Where her right arm should have been, she had another left arm, reminding Magdala of little girls' mismatched Barbie dolls sometimes found in charity shops. The other arm was dark and moist, covered in a thin layer of what appeared to be fish scales. Magdala recoiled. Crone Magna merely bent forward and picked up the girl. You see the results of breaking the rules, Griselda. Did we not warn you that we witches cannot breed? Griselda bowed her head, eyes shimmering with tears. It was almost impossible to believe how beautiful she looked between Magdala and Crone Magnum. At what point in her career as a witch would her body deteriorate and her looks fade? I love him, was all she said. Look what love makes. Crone Magnum returned to the cauldron with the naked baby in her arms. She cooed and cried. Ignis scuttled along the old crone's arm and sniffed the baby's head before disappearing somewhere up her sleeve. She held the baby above the bubbles and smoke. We take this here babe crowned in her virgin innocence of which all mere mortals may enter the world. Shall we ever embrace her into our order? And so we shall anoint, Magdala and Griselda chanted. From the fires of the darkness come forth the light of birth, a magic for which we shall forever embrace as a force alongside our own. Crone Magnum scooped a ladleful of the boiling liquid and poured it over the baby's belly. She began to scream and protest, wriggling in her arms. Griselda instinctively moved to leap forward, 
but with a quick wave, a burst of blue light dazzled from Magdala's hand and landed at Griselda's feet, rooting her to the spot. And so we shall anoint, Magdala said with a wicked grin. Wait, what's happening? Crone Magnum paid no attention. The baby kicked and squealed, the flesh melting from its infant body. She began to lower the baby into the cauldron. Stop! Stop! You said you wouldn't hurt her! The baby disappeared below the surface, the liquid drowning the screams. Crone Magnum withdrew skeletal hands which quickly healed, the skin and muscle weaving like fine fibres into a patchwork. Stupid girl! A flash of purple smoke and Crone Magnum was nose to nose with Griselda. It was you that hurt her! How many times have we warned you about mortals? How many times have we made it clear that witches may not fraternize with mortal men, much less give away their flowers like some common whore? No, you knew the risks. And here's the outcome. The deformity of the flesh that comes from the heinous crime of breeding with muck. Griselda wanted to raise her arms and scratch at Crone Magnum. She wanted to bite and tear and hurt her, but Magdala's spell worked quickly, and she was all but paralysed. The most she could manage was simply, My baby! Oh, don't you worry, Poppet. Your baby will be looked after just fine. She tossed her head back and cackled. Magdala joined, disappearing into a dark corner of the room. After all, a vacancy has just been opened in the order. We need a third for our mighty band of misfits. Griselda's eyes widened as she understood what was about to happen. Magdala, the final ingredient, if you please. Magdala passed a long, jagged knife into Crone Magnum's waiting hand. With movements that seemed impossibly fast for a woman her age, Crone Magnum sliced deep gashes through Griselda's chest. Her clothing tore and turned crimson. With another swift movement, her hand darted through the ribcage and pulled out Griselda's heart, the last of its energy pulsing in her hand. Crone Magnum looked once more into Griselda's eyes as the light began to fade. Only through the removal of the mother's life may the witch be born. And so we shall anoint, Magdala murmured, resuming her place around the cauldron. There were some more words after that, Magdala confirming her chant as the concoction turned from green to red, to purple and back again. The whole time Griselda stood and watched through empty eyes, rooted in place by the spell which bound her, not even given the grace to crumple to the floor with dignity in her death. When Crone Magnum gave the signal, Magdala scooped the infant out of the cauldron, at least the baby's soft-boned skeleton. Are you sure that this is going to work? Magdala asked, following Crone Magnum to where she picked up the babe's cloth bundle from the floor. Crone Magnum wrapped the still skeleton in the bundle and placed it on the floor, knees cracking as she kneeled before it. Trust me. How did you think you were born? This is the secret we must pass from one to the next. A witch is never granted powers without a sacrifice of the highest order. Without your mother spilling her blood, you would not be standing here today. 
Magdala processed this, chewing her lip. She thought that maybe she should be horrified. Maybe she should be mad that she had never had a chance to meet her real mother. But the old crone had been her mother. The past was the past. No point looking back now and wondering what might have been. I thank you, crone. You're welcome, Sai child. Look! Magdala pointed at the bundle on the floor as the cloth slowly began to wriggle then writhe. Definite movement between the heavy wool stained with flecks of Griselda's blood. With a crooked smile, Crone Magnum ripped the cloth away and there, lying on the floor, was the most beautiful baby they had ever seen. Crone Magnum scooped the baby into her arms, marveling at the soft pinkness of her flesh, the dark patches of hair, the gentle rolls of fat on her stomach. There. See, Crone Magnum said, scratching the symbol of the Wiccan into the baby's chest. The baby stilled but did not cry. She's got her mother's eyes. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Birth of the Wiccan was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Alexander Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by EGT, DND, and Tom Robson. Join me in congratulating our regular narrator, Ian McEwen, who has just gotten himself hitched. Ian's been with us right from the start of The Other Stories, and the podcast really wouldn't be where it is without his incredible voice talents. Check out a personal favourite of mine that he narrated. Uh, it's a story called Without Sin, for a fine example of his work, and once again, Join me in wishing him and his new wife, Ali, a happy marriage, and unlike the majority of the other stories' characters, a happy ever after. So from the whole HNC team, thank you, Ian. You are a star and a great friend. As always, a massive thank you to our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You guys help keep the lights on and keep us smiling and producing new episodes. So if you're thinking about joining the party, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as one pound. Until next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.